Welcome to Season 5, Episode 16 of the Zebra Before and After Podcast. I'm your host, Lane Ball. I would worry about it a lot, and it was a challenge for me. And it's funny when the pieces that I do feel like the most confident are like, they turned out how I wanted or the end result was better than I imagined. It's funny in that they can be so simple to stage. And this one was that. It was like, it all just came together so easily. And then it just felt like me in so many ways that it was just like, kind of like a breath of fresh air to be like, okay, I don't have to like fight this piece to stage it or get the look that I'm going for. It just all kind of came together. Today, we hear from our May Zebra staging winners, interviewed by our monthly contest host, Jen and Amanda, the Vintage Sisters. They will dig into the details of each of the winners, finding out how they arrived at these beautiful staging results. You'll hear from Megan with Megdal Design, Deanna and Bonnie with Cornflower Restorations, and Nicole with Off the Hinges Designs. Chelsea with Lumen Creative Studios shares a really creative tip that we think you will utilize. Our question of the week, what interesting items have you found in your furniture pieces, will be answered by our friends Kristen with Kristen Leah Restorations, and Michelle with Amini Design Ashburn, Caitlin with Caitlin Beals, Jess and Ryan with Rust and Dust, and Becky with Phoenix Vintage Furniture. Stay with us, friends. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. Have you ever paused to just stop and think about all the different talents required to upcycle and sell a piece of refinished furniture? It goes without saying that each one requires significant effort and time, and when it's all said and done, if you are doing this as a business, staging becomes crucial in order to sell it as quickly as possible. Our hopes in sponsoring the monthly staging contest is to bring attention to artists who stage exceptionally well and inspire and educate others so they too can grasp staging abilities to see quick turnarounds with each project. And we might add, selfishly speaking, isn't it rather enjoyable to see beautifully staged pieces? Let's continue the learning by hearing from Jen and Amanda and our May winners. Hello, Jen and Amanda. How is summer in Saskatchewan? Oh, hello, Lane. We are having a wonderful summer. We are having a little bit of a heat wave right now, which is what we're in like the high 30s, which is probably nothing for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's the hottest it's going to get here. Yeah, it was 37 degrees Celsius yesterday. It was too hot for me. I wonder what does anybody know what that is offhand? I don't have my translator in front of me. Oh, Jenny, use your phone and, and yeah, Ugh, 37. Gosh, I'm curious. Is that like, is that like 90? It's 90 <laughs> 98.6. Is it really? Oh my gosh. You guys are really having a heat wave. 90. Oh yeah. yeah. So that's Holy the last smoke. couple days. It's but, too hot for me. Yeah, that's, that's very hot. I mean, it. well, I've said this before, so it's probably a broken record for me on the podcast, but it's hot here too. It's uh, in the 90s, <laughs> mid-90s, uh, but, but we, we also get the humidity, and so the oh, yeah. humidity is what makes it feel like a sauna. <laughs> it makes it hard to breathe, so you take a deep breath in air conditioning, and then you go outside and hold your breath. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Okay, well, we are back and ready to hear from our May Zebra staging winners. May seems just like like a long time ago at times, and then it seems like yesterday. Um, and we are almost out of July. In fact, this will air in early August. Can you believe it? Let's like somehow slow down summer. We're having we're, we're enjoying it too much, I think, because that makes it go by fast. 
I agree. I agree. And everyone's so busy too, right? So, um, I mean, it's hard to sometimes get everyone together to have their, their chat. I know it is a bit challenging, but we made it happen. Um, so let's, let's jump into our interviews with the winners, uh, and I'll go ahead and announce them. Our winners are first place Meg with Meg Dell Design, second place Deanna and Bonnie with Cornflower Restorations, third place Nicole with Off the Hinges Designs, and a huge congratulations to all of you. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. So excited. Well, just a couple of comments here about our winners. Two of our winners uh, we are privileged to have from Australia, Nicole with Off the Hinges Designs and Cornflower Restorations. Because of the big time difference, we're not able to chat live with Deanna and Bonnie of Cornflower, and we are sad about that. However, they have recorded an audio answering Jen and Amanda's questions. With that said, Nicole said she was a late night owl and made the <laughs> sacrifice to stay up late and record. <laughs> It's actually midnight for her. Hey, I got a question for you, Nicole. Uh, we're not going to yep. hear you snoring, right? Well, just cut it out if you do. <laughs> oh, I'm okay. <laughs> I did have gotcha. a coffee just before, which is really unusual having a coffee at midnight, oh, but no. hopefully that will uh, start to kick in as well. Yeah, but oh no, then after the podcast, you're going to be able to fall asleep. <laughs> That's okay. I'll get some work done. <laughs> That's right. Get some uh, burn, burn what they say, the midnight oil, right? Exactly. Nicole, you're in Perth, which is mm -hmm. the west side of Australia. And, That's right, yeah. And then Deanna and Bonnie are in Victoria, which is the east side. So, you know, I before I even looked, I thought, I wonder if they know each other. I wonder if they've met or I wonder if they <laughs> catch up with one another. And I think that's not probably highly possible no. because I looked, yeah, I looked it up and it's roughly 2,700 kilometers or 1,600 miles apart from each other. About a five-hour flight. Yeah, so oh, wow. um, <laughs> so you share that common bond of being uh, Australians, but not uh, the proximity. Um, and, and I thought this is interesting, too. I had to share this, and you can um, develop this a little bit more for us, Nicole. Um, you guys are in winter now. Am I correct on that? Right, in the middle of winter, yep. Oh, my so gosh. It's been a bit rainy and cold, so... I love hearing about the summer over there, but uh, <laughs> it's, we're always the opposite. So, uh, no, it's been it's not too bad of a winter this year, though. Oh, so it's sort of more mild then for you. Yeah, Perth is, I suppose, speaking for the girls in Melbourne, Perth is a lot milder than Melbourne. Melbourne gets probably some of our colder winters. What's your version of cold? Like, how cold does it get? So today... Um, it's a cold day. It's around 15 degrees Celsius. And then okay. we'll probably range this week from 15 to 21, which in Fahrenheit is about 60 to 70. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll get some combination of rain and sunshine throughout the day. So that's, what are we in July to August? So that's pretty much, you know, in the middle of our winter at the moment. Um, and if the night's a really cold night for us, it's probably dropping down below that 10 degrees. Okay. That so sounds what, lovely. I know. I'm like, that not, sounds lovely. Not Canadian, not, not Canadian winters. No, no yeah. So what are your hot months? Are your hot months in January, February? Yeah. So kind of December's usually fairly mild. Oh, not fairly mild, but not as hot. And then, yeah, January, February. February is traditionally the hottest month, but, of course, weather changing. Um, and then we sit in high 30s to mid 40s, which... I'd have to look. That's getting hot. That's um, very hot. Yeah, and we're more of a dry heat. So 45 is 113 Fahrenheit around Me? there. Uh -huh. 
yeah, so we do have very hot, dry summers. Wow. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you don't have the humidity because uh, although I know there's disadvantages <laughs> of that, but it is so hard to breathe when it's hot and humid. When that, Those combinations, just not a good combination. Well, Meg, of course, is our neighbor in Tennessee. And yeah. Meg, we definitely are not in winter, are we? <laughs> no, we are not. I can relate to the humidity you're talking about. It's always like, even when it says it's like 85 today, but then the humidity, it's like, it feels like 95. So I know. it's rough. <laughs> no. Yeah. And you, you probably can't do, um, you're all set up in your home and garage, right? Yeah, I am. Thankfully, we have a very nice big garage and it tends to stay pretty cool. Um, but yeah, when it's super humid, I feel like I just, I have a fan and even that I just feel like I'm dripping in, in the garage. So I take a break during some of the really, really, really humid days. Yeah, for sure. Well, the last time you were on, um, your little girl had not arrived. Uh, you guys have two kids now. Yes, I know. And she will be one year old at the end of August. So how time has gone. Oh, wow. I know she's already walking. And so, yeah, keeping up with now two mobile children, it's quite mm. the task. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely congratulations on you. So that, that was my next question is like, how is the juggling going? Because you're still doing furniture. Yeah, I feel like I'm finally coming out of like the, the throes of newborn and like all the postpartum like dreariness and sleepiness. <laughs> so we get some relatively good full nights and nap times are my, my work time. So that helps. Well, now have you, um, like, so you see, well, that's a big juggle. So when you're out in the uh, garage working, do you have a place out there for them? Like when you're doing some of the stuff so that you can, you know, st maybe catch up on a few things or is it totally when they're napping? Yeah, it pretty much is primarily when they're napping or sleeping. So my son, he is over three, probably closer to three and a half now. So he loves the process and wants to help with everything. Um, so <laughs> it's a, a blessing and a curse. Cause I'm like, Oh, that, that one's drying. Don't, don't touch don't. that one. You know, so <laughs> trying to guide him and give him direction. But like the prep, he loves prepping. He's like, can we do this spray? Like, let me spray the furniture, anything like that. He's all about. So I'll try and help uh, give him some activity to do while I'm in that process. But then my daughter, yeah, she's She's a little wild. I don't trust her anywhere near the garage. So I only work during her nap times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got it. Well, that makes sense. When my little guy was younger and he'd always want to come out to the garage, I'd always give him a little piece of wood and yes. some nails. And then he would just play and bang nails into this scrap piece of wood. That's perfect. <laughs> and I know. that would keep him entertained because he wanted to be out there. He wanted to you know, be a part of whatever I was doing, but yeah. also he's not helpful. So that's, oh, I know. yeah, I would give him little things like that. And he just thought it was the best thing ever. Right. I know recently I have a little like wood sculpture of all my little bits that he glued together, but I couldn't <laughs> keep up fast enough with providing him scrap pieces. So he was just gluing faster <laughs> than I could keep up. And I was like, this is more of a job for me <laughs> than like a distraction for you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's very true. You, you probably really work out those eye muscles. You probably have one eye on him or them Always and then the other eye on the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, I know Amanda and Jen have some questions uh, for our winners, and I'm going to turn it over to you guys to interview Meg and uh, talk about uh, the Bonnie and Deanna's piece and then as well interview Nicole. 
Okay, we're ready to go. All right. So for Meg, I guess I'll just start out by just doing some comments and making some points about it, and then we'll go into asking you some questions at the end. So um, I just wanted to start by saying the piece itself is just such a lovely little cute antique table. Um, We just love that you switched it up and went with the paint on the legs and the wood on the top half because so many times you see the legs left naked um, and this being the opposite it's just really well done and just a cute um, I don't know we just really love the look of that Um, and the green paint of course is very fabulous Um, which color did you use um, so I use Ever After by the Chippy Barn. It's like that just really rich, dark green. We have a lot of that in our house, and I just, I love it. You know what? That color has been around for a long time, and it has been such a popular green. I've always wanted to get my hands on that color and see yeah, it in person. It's, good. it's really good. <laughs> because every time I see a piece in that color, it's just is so um, beautiful. Like, it's it's just a really perfect green. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. Um, And the picture, too. I just really love the picture. It just went so perfectly with that layered look. Um, It just, you know, yeah, it just held it together. It was just very pretty. Love the drapery that you left in the frame because it adds that little bit of texture. And it also helped to fill that space there. Yeah. Um, And so did the wood chair. Like, you know, it ties in with the wood top there and um, the brass frame with the brass birds. And then I also saw on the knobs, I don't know if that's, if you pulled that together on purpose or not, or if those were like the original knobs, but the knobs had like a little bit of gold behind them, it looks like with the one frame you can see. Yeah. Um, So were those original knobs or do they? No. So the original knobs were like a little white ceramic or glass. I couldn't quite tell, but um, they were really, they were in some rough shape. So I did update them with those bigger ones and I liked the little... Um, yeah, the glitz on the back side of those that just gave it a little bit more character too. Yeah, it does. I liked, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and obviously the green books too really just tied in with those variety of the shades in there and the white vase goes with the white knobs and, um, yeah, it just looks the picture. It just looks like you thought of everything really. It just looks like everything is so pulled together and then, um, I also wanted to say those little birds, like I had just bought a set of those a little while ago at an antique sale and it's a three piece <laughs> set, but they're not like not brass colored, but they're kind of retro and I just yeah. can't wait to use them in something. Cause they just like, I just think they're so hilarious. I know they're great. <laughs> I actually completely forgot about them. I was going through like my horde of staging things and I like to tie in those different like elements to have a few reoccurring ones. So I was, I was like, Oh yeah, these are, these would be a good little addition. <laughs> Yeah, I like them. <laughs> in the wintertime, I always get those birds. Like, I don't know if those are the little partridges or the grouse. Yeah. But I, I always get them in my backyard, and um, they drive me nuts because we don't have a dog <laughs> anymore. Because normally the dog would keep them away because we back yeah. the field. And so then all winter, I get these little birds nesting in my yard. So I actually just <laughs> bought a fake owl to put in my backyard to keep the birds away. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> to great. keep those little grouse chicken away for the winter time. <laughs> but anyways, sorry. That was a just, you know, off point there. <laughs> um, and then also like just not, not so much the, the photo and staging itself. I mean, I, 
I love the meaning of the piece. Like after I read what you said about it, I really just love that you kept the flaws because it was making it more beautiful, giving it that, you know, extra character and imperfections that you talked about. And it also, when you said that it feels like this piece feels like you, I just felt like that's when art really speaks to me too. It's just like simply done and lovely. And because I struggle myself with staging so much, Amanda's the one that's really into it. And I, I just feel like if I don't particularly love the piece or the final look of it, I just have a hard time being inspired to stage it. Yeah, I agree. So by you saying that, like, you, that you love, you know, that this piece, like, meant something to you or, like, felt like you, that really speaks in this picture, I think. Thanks. Yeah, I, it's funny you say that, too, because I remember always feeling like staging was... I would worry about it a lot and it was a challenge for me. And it's funny when the pieces that I do feel like the most confident are like they turned out how I wanted or the end result was better than I imagined. It's funny in that they can be so simple to stage. And this one was that it was like, it all just came together so easily. And then it just felt like me in so many ways that it was just like, kind of like a breath of fresh air to be like, okay, I don't have to like fight this piece to stage it or get the look that I'm going for. It just all kind of came together. Yeah. And it definitely shows. Yeah, it does. <laughs> sure it does. Okay, so for questions, I'll start with um, just take us through your staging process for this piece. Yeah, so it I really just I love to kind of bring in the similar elements of the piece or that kind of like tie into one another. I wouldn't like sometimes I feel like I like just being kind of matchy matchy in that way, and so I was able to just pull together some. Uh, like vintage antique pieces that I've all thrifted that just felt like fitting with the the piece. So I knew I wanted to kind of anchor it with that vintage print. Um, it's actually from an artist that I really love. She does a ton of beautiful paintings. So I was able to frame that out with an antique frame I found. And I added, um, like you said, the, the birds to kind of tie into that and the hardware. Um, it also was a piece for the paint green awareness um, kind of movement mm -hmm. for, for yes. Jen's niece. And she had used some of the birds in her staging. So that also inspired me because I was like, it just, it felt so fitting and like respectful. So in that way, I wanted to include those. Um, and then the books are some of my collected favorites. Like dark green is such a color of my heart and it's in our house. Mm -hmm. And so even my mom, she's like such a wonderful thrifter and like, garage sailor and so she found me a few of those books and they're just so special so I've been trying to add to that collection and it just felt like a really fun way to add some texture and just um, variety on the bottom piece there um, and then I also I love adding greenery and it's funny because I needed a plant and so my son and I like he being that he loves to be included in the process and his new favorite thing is going to stores. <laughs> so I said, well, we need to go to a store. I need to find a plant. And so he helped me and we even thrifted that little like milk glass vase. So I loved how oh, that tied much. into the knobs too. So I was like, he's, yes. he's going to be my best helper truly. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you answered like partially my second question too, when you were uh, about, do you have any inspiration for your staging? You know, you, mentioned that but if there's any other inspiration about your general staging you can share yeah. that too sure I feel like more recently it's like just kind of the fact that I have had what seems like three plus years of just really focused on my kids it's been kind of fun to like come back to furniture albeit not as like 
more full time than I would love for it to be. But so it almost feels like every time I do get a chance to finish a piece, like I really want it to feel like a representation of like myself and my style and like where I am now. And so I think like this piece definitely inspired me to just like kind of be who I am, (laughs) add the things that I love and what I think I love most about it. And like my inspiration for it, it was like, every single piece that I included was something that like I found over time. And so it feels kind of just like a special, like full vignette of my thrifted finds that are a representation of me. So I guess like (laughs) it really was a kind of like an inspiration to be like, it doesn't need to be like, you don't want it to be like the masses, right? Like you want it to be unique and a representation, a slice of yourself. And so that was definitely my inspiration with that too. Yes. And I love that, like you said, it was just your own collection. And that's what we always try to say to people is, you know, use what you have, use what's in your home, Mm -hmm. use what you like and, and, and what you use in your home to, to make it feel cozy, et cetera. And, and that's what Jenny and I really do. And it does take time, like you said, to build up that collection Mm -hmm. um, and to feel like your home is finished. So it does take time, but then when you are, as you're doing it, and once you get there, it's just, yeah, it's, it makes a difference for sure when you're using yeah. your own stuff and it just, it has more meaning to it for sure. Yeah. And I feel like you end up loving it more because when you love Agreed. every piece that you purchase, like for your home and for yourself, like those just so easily incorporate into your style of pieces, if that's similar. Mm-hmm. Did you end up keeping this piece then? Like, was this one you did to keep? Yeah, originally I was not intending to keep it. Um, I don't know if that's like out of laziness that I didn't list it, <laughs> but I said it. Um, on, we have like really dark green walls in our dining room. And so I just kind of moved it out of my staging area, which is our living room, um, to our dining room. And it just ties in so well in the little nook that it's in that I was like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. this will stay here for a bit until I either decide to sell it or I get sick of it. But for now, yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. uh, got a little space in our dining area. that's good nice I would have kept that one too yeah thanks (laughs) um and then next one is like did you have any difficulties or struggling while staging um you know this one actually came pretty naturally for me I it's I don't know if it's the fact that I feel like my time is more limited and or I have a very short window where if I don't take pictures my son will rearrange and restage himself so I have to kind of get it right pretty quickly (laughs) so yeah it it flowed really easily this time around which is a blessing because sometimes that is not the case (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. and then do you have a specific staging wall that you use or just a wall in your home like this is this out in your garage or is this in your house So it is in my house, actually. It's up in our living room. Um, I end up moving our big sofa and then placing it on one of our longest walls. But I have kind of shifted around within the last couple pieces just because we have trees that outline our whole backyard. And so the window that you see that curtain, that is like our exterior window to our backyard. So sometimes Mm -hmm. the the lighting can get kind of funky (laughs) because of Uh, how green the trees can be. So I've tried to shift a little bit more neutral um now but I do love that like added linen I just feel like it just adds texture and some dimension so it's kind of a balance between well and it just makes the picture it looks so natural right like it just looks like it's supposed to be there in your house in that spot yeah yeah so I do love that I used to have my staging in my garage and one day I'd love to 
have that again for ease. So my husband and I don't have to continually work out by lifting furniture throughout, throughout oh, our I know. stairs. Jen and I <laughs> used to do that. We used to drag furniture into my living room yep. and oh, move yeah. lots of stuff. So yeah, yes. Yes. it's yeah. so helpful. <laughs> Definitely. So yeah, we will get back to that place eventually, but for the time being <laughs> in the smaller pieces, it's so, it just feels homey to me sometimes having mm-hmm. that, that backdrop. Yeah, for sure. Are you using any filters on your photos? No, I honestly, if anything, will just brighten it up a little bit. Um, but truly, just yeah, I try and use just natural light and kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks great. I like the lighting in this one for sure. Um, and which do you use? Like, which camera or editing editing apps do you like to use? Yeah. So if if I need to, actually, on that wall, I do have like an outlet. So I'll use um, Snapseed. And the yeah. healing like effect to just remove yes. that and just clean it up. Um, but otherwise, I'll I'll just use Lightroom and I just use that to brighten the exposure just a little bit if I'm having a more like cloudy day. But typically, mm-hmm. that just I might sharpen it a little bit just so that way it's nice and clear for clients and potential buyers. Yeah, it's always interesting to hear which ones that people are using. Yeah, yeah, I know. I love hearing it too because I know there's so many out there. Probably so many more talented uh, edits and updates that can be made. <laughs> I've I've taken a step back from that. I feel like when I first started, it felt like oh, I need to update and edit these photos so precisely. But obviously, as you kind of just evolve and understand your lighting of the space that you're in, like I I just try really hard to be patient for the right lighting. <laughs> I I agree. Like that's what Jen and I do as well. And that's what we tell people is just, you need to experiment and mm-hmm. just figure out what time of day you're going to have your best lighting and which spot, etc. Yep. So then basically now I know every time I need to take pictures, I need to be taking it around the 10 a.m. to 12 sure. or 10 to 11 a.m. Right. That's where I get my best lighting. Right. So sometimes it takes a while to figure that out. And then, Mm -hmm. then, and to be honest, like the editing apps from the other people we have interviewed, it's, it's pretty basic. Like it's surprisingly basic that everybody is using very minimal editing apps, very minimal filters, if at all, same thing. It's usually just, um, the lighting. If we, if you need to change the lighting slightly to make it a bit brighter, but which yeah. is good, obviously, to hear because we all want that photo to appear as, um, you know, accurate as possible, right? Yeah, Especially absolutely. selling a piece, that's, you kind of have to. So, mm-hmm. yeah, having said that, when you feel like you should be using other apps, for the most part, people are using some pretty basic apps and Snapseeds being one of them. And that's what we use also. Yeah, awesome. So, I think it's a pretty basic app that just gives you those basic needs of same thing, like just the healing where it's getting yeah. rid of all the nail holes that's yeah. on your wall, like all that stuff, right? So, uh-huh. anyways, was there anything else you wanted to add? No, that's it. Thank you, guys. I'm just so, so excited. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Meg. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Hi, this is Kate with Kate's Reclaimed, and this podcast is sponsored by my friends at Zebra. My favorite brush, um, well, my favorite brushes, but I'll talk about my first favorite, is the Palm Pro. 
and it's my favorite. It's very easy to use to work with on any sort of piece of furniture that you would be painting. It's small, sleek, and it fits right into the palm of your hand. And the other brush that I have been gravitating towards lately is the is the fan brush. Um, I'm kind of using this one on smaller pieces with smaller surface area and more detail, but I'm really liking the fan brush as well. Zebra, you guys do a great job. Thank you for everything that you do for this community, and I hope everybody's having a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Kate, for sharing about your experience with Zebra paintbrushes. We so value our customer friends. Okay, so next up is going to be Cornflower Restorations. Um, Deanna and Bonnie. So this wooden cart is a spectacular piece just all on its own. Um, obviously, restoring a piece to all wood is a lot of work and it's very popular right now with antique furniture. More and, pe- more and more people are posting these types of pieces. Lots of people want that natural wood look or a light paint wash type of thing. So it's just a very beautiful piece to begin with. The picture and staging is just so fresh and simple looking. Um, we like that you kept the props very minimal because you really didn't need to do a lot more we felt with this piece uh, by adding the flowers and the crocs you kept it neutral but then you had that pop of green foliage is such a great natural element so it just seemed nice that like you have that natural wood element and then most of your props just kind of same thing have that same natural look to it so we and we love that you left the flower petals on the floor it just same thing it makes it look just so kind of normal and and just as as it would be right so the metal mirror frame looks a similar color to the metal hardware so that really tied in nicely together so just overall we found this picture to just have a very genuine look and we absolutely loved it so if you wouldn't mind uh, taking us through your staging process for this piece Hi there, I'm Bonnie from Cornflower Restorations along with my mum Deanna and we recently came second place in the Zebra Staging Contest for May with our antique Tasmanian Oak Tea Trolley. Mum always does the preparation, repairs and sanding and some of the finishes on our pieces. I do the finishes, staging and photography so I'll talk about this piece. Staging for this tea trolley was very simple thankfully. Because of all the lovely details and the light oak wood, it was very good to photograph with lots of good angles and didn't need very much with styling. As far as the process, I usually start with the big things like vases and greenery and go from there. This piece didn't need much at all and I think sometimes less is more with staging. A lovely client was the inspiration for this piece. She has an indoor plant shop so I wanted to use lots of greenery in the photo. I also tried to use books with floral titles to continue the theme. This piece was easier than others to style. It only took me 45 minutes. Mum could tell you I take a lot longer with some of our other pieces. A lot longer. I often edit photos as I go as well to make sure I'm happy with how they look before I pack everything away. 
We use the spare room at Mum's place. We've set up one wall there that has good natural lighting with some floorboards as well. I use the camera on my iPhone and I especially love portrait mode for taking close-ups. When I'm editing, I use the Lightroom app with some presets I purchased and I try to keep the colour as true as possible to the piece. It just helps to brighten it up, especially with our cloudy Melbourne winter at the moment. I then use Canva to add our watermark and any final touch-ups. We're thankful to Zebra and the judges for this opportunity and also the great work others do with their pieces and staging. It's given us lots of inspiration over the last two years and it's also helped me learn a lot. When we first started, I didn't enjoy staging and I wasn't really good at it at all. But now it's my favourite part. I love seeing the pieces come together and it's often much better than I expect. As I think about it, Furniture refinishers put in a lot of work to deliver a quality piece and we want our customers to see that. Staging and photography is the only way potential customers will get an idea of that unless they come to look at it in person. It gives the first impression as well as the description in your post and it can be the first step or the closing door in a customer deciding to buy your piece. And it also gives potential clients confidence that you'll look after their piece as well. I have to say, though, once you get the staging bug, it does get a bit addictive. Thank you, Deanna and Bonnie, and congratulations on a beautiful job. Deanna and Bonnie can be reached at Cornflower Restorations. And then third, we will start off with Off the Hinges Designs, which is Nicole. Nicole, the first thing that comes to our mind when we saw this picture is just happiness. <laughs> it just had it had such a it has such a colorful like it's such a colorful picture that just brings instant joy. Um, we love the mint green paired with the wood. It's such a beautiful combo. Um, what what color and paint did you use? It's actually a custom mix. I had a color in mind to go with the wood when I saw this piece. So I spent about two days mixing and drying and letting it set overnight. Oh. And I'm, I tend to find if you leave it overnight, it does slightly change, lighten or darken. So mm -hmm. it was a bit of a process. And if you've seen the paintboard, I don't think there was a lot of difference from where I started to where I ended, but in my mind there was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well. yeah, so eventually landed on this one. Yeah, I just yeah, we love that the the look of the the combination of the wood and Thank that you. green. Um so then and as for your props, those floral pictures are just the perfect vibe to add to this piece. So what would you call this piece? Is it an actual sideboard, a dresser? Yeah, it's what is the origin of this piece? We were trying to figure out like it's not necessarily a true MCM, is it? Like it's it's, it's probably it's more is, of a Dutch style. No, it probably or, is MCM. It's from the UK. I've there's a delivery okay. tag on the back it from the UK. Um and okay. then it is probably in that more, probably a bit more in the 70s era. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's still in that kind of mid-century style, um, bit yeah. of retro with the timber and that. It's a uh, teak legs, which is kind of yes. you know, really typical it's of that era. It's very unique. Yeah. It caught my eye, this one, from even in its you know unfinished form. I loved it from the beginning. Yeah, I, I agreed. And, and Jen and I aren't, you know, huge, um, like we don't have a lot of, 
this stuff. Well, we don't have any of this style, to be honest, in our inventory. But, um, like, this is definitely one I would snap up if I saw on Marketplace. Yep. <laughs> so it's pretty cool and unique. Um, so, anyways, those pictures were so cool. Did you buy them specifically for uh, this staging? No. Or I, did you happen to just have these? I just happened to have these. I actually forgot I had them. I was standing at this going, what am I going to do? And digging around looking for some frames or a picture and these were still rolled up I must have bought them ages oh, ago no. just yeah and, <laughs> and I was like oh they're gonna work so I played around with it a bit so yeah I, I did have them but not for this piece um and yeah and I feel like they couldn't be more perfect for it they worked well I think it brings in that kind of retro mid-century yeah, and a bit of that uh, kind of yes. happiness. Yeah, and and it's got it's got a lot of a color, obviously, yeah. but it which is and then you like perfectly pulled colors from it with your vases, like the mint green vase and the terracotta mm. orange and the cream. You were able to like pull those perfectly. So did you just happen to have those vases that matched the colors or match the pictures perfectly? Yeah, also? as well. I where, <laughs> I where I do a lot of my work is in a shed. It's quite rural from the city, so about an hour away. So the terracotta and the mint green, I'd bought them thrifting probably a year ago and I hadn't, I think I've used a green one once, terracotta I've never used. Um, and then the same with the brown vase. Um, even the wooden... Um, platter cake stand I had not used that before and I just had those sitting there and it just came together it was really nice to use a couple of things that I hadn't used yet so and it worked well so um, no I literally randomly pulled it yeah and we also noticed the wood platter like cake platter because same thing you just added that little bit of wood just that small piece of wood to tie in with the wood of the dresser Mm -hmm. Um, it just all of these beautiful bright colors just flowed so nicely um and and the staging wall also adds such a nice texture to your picture so is this in your house so it's in um on my at my dad's place in his shed he's got a big shed it's just out of the city and okay it's not actually a wall it's panels that i uh, clamped together so it's a bit of an unusual setup you never know oh okay and so then is it like a texture is it wallpaper or just like a texture what did, what did you do yeah no it's texture it's actually when I was making the panels they're MDF with a frame and I clip them together next to a door so I get the good light um, mm-hmm. and then the, I painted those I had some old house paint left over greys and beiges but I wanted texture because a lot of my work is you know, quite smooth finish. Um, and I mm-hmm. mixed um, some old grout, you know, from tiling. I had bags of it yes. in my shed and I poured it in and got a really thick texture and kind of just slapped it on with big paint brushes and swirled it and got that textured look for the wall behind. And it's quite forgiving, yeah. it's quite forgiving too when you've got a, that kind of yes, not such a sure. smooth clean. Yeah, yeah it, it is very forgiving. Yes, that's well done. I love it. So basically, overall, this we just found this picture to be so fun, and it definitely stood out in the feed when when we were going through all the pictures. So thank you. Very well done. So we will ask you the same questions, mm-hmm. and some of this is almost we are already answered some of this, I guess. <laughs> yep. So it's like take us through your staging process for this piece. Sure. Um, Unlike a lot, I look at staging as almost another project. I finish a piece, I go, oh, I finished, and now 
oh, I've got to stage it. So it's almost a separate project is having a staging. Um, and I'm one of those people, I put the piece against the wall and I haven't really thought about the staging while I'm finishing the piece until I put it against the mm-hmm. wall. And then I just, I see what I have in my cupboard. There's not a lot. Um, and I just start, you know, hopefully have things. If I, like this one came together, I think the pictures were what, you know, pulled it all together to enable a bit of colour. Um, but if I don't have things, I'll, I'll walk around outside, you know, pull off trees and branches and things and, and just bring stuff in to, to have a look and that take some photos, step back. I usually put things on and turn my back and walk away and turn away to get that fresh perspective again rather than just mm-hmm. always looking through a camera. So, um, but yeah, as I said, I'm, my workshop is quite rural, so I am limited. Um, so you do get creative. Um, and then it's same thing, trying to get the right lighting. There's a certain time of the day. So I try and get in in the morning and get things set up, um, and wait for that correct lighting to come through. Um, being winter now here, it does get a little darker with a bit more of a shadow and an overcast, but, um, I'm mm-hmm. next to a, in the shed and I have the correct lighting. But what I did find was having the staging wall or panels and being at the door of a shed. My, when I first started doing it, I could never get my photos lined up straight and I didn't understand why. And eventually my father explained to me, he goes, well, most sheds and garages have an egress mm-hmm. at the doorway to allow for water to yes. run off and so forth. So my furniture piece was on a slant and my, you know, everything on the wall was kind of straight. Mm-hmm. So now I've learnt just to slightly angle my pictures to follow <laughs> with the slant <laughs> of the furniture <laughs> and then I've straightened the whole photo up. Um, so doing three uh, pictures is was a bit tricky on this one because, okay, now mm-hmm. all of them have to be a slightly different angle so they line up with the furniture. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like I never would have noticed. Like it looked perfectly straight this picture like we have that same issue with our like my garage has a drain too so you have just the slightest slope that you like you would never notice on its own right but then of course if you're trying to take a picture of something it's got the slight angle I know so Mm -hmm. I I understand that struggle (laughs) and so that you have to try to figure out how to correct it in other ways so yeah that can definitely be challenging yeah so I've learned learned that um and and really it's just I think sometimes is it's just to enjoy the process put things on there that you know you would never pull together um the cake Mm -hmm. the cake stand or I call it a cake stand it's a platter Mm raised platter it's uh mid-century and I picked that up thrifting going I just might need something with height one day and put it on there so sometimes the things that you don't think are going to work do tie in um yeah no I I enjoyed this one as I said I think as you said it was a bit this one's quite I really like this piece um I think what Megan Mm -hmm. said to do I really love this piece so it was quite easy to stage um and having those pictures brought it together um but I did enjoy bringing this one with a bit of color and um I usually like this style a bit of that retro and mid-century brought together a bit of you know Mm -hmm. brightness um do you have any inspiration for your staging in like a general sense or is it just per piece by piece like you said piece by piece generally um i think if you're true to your style even when you're creating your pieces and then as you collect over time your staging props and so forth 
you'll find, like I did, I, I look back and went, oh, I have stuff that matches and things become a little bit more cohesive because you have been true to your style and pick things up that eventually will fall in with that same style. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've, I enjoyed it, um, pulling different elements. And to bring that bit of colour and use piece, you know, props that I hadn't used before, I enjoyed too. Mm-hmm. Did you have any difficulties or struggles while staging? Uh, always. Besides the No, I, look, it's one of those things I think, you, you know, I, I find that once I've got to the project, I'm like, okay, now I have to stage it. And some days it, it works really well and other days you just have to go, okay, if you do have the time to say, right, I'm just going to come back tomorrow and get a fresh look on that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think sometimes it's it's finding that balance you know that, as everybody does, that it's not doesn't overpower the piece. It, it complements the piece. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um, are you using any filters on the photos? Um, I do use Snapseed because I've got panels, so you see the seams. So I do use a um, one to do that, and then also because I have seams in the panels and on the skirting board, um, yeah. and then okay. also the nails, nail holes in the wall to take those out. Um, so that's generally, and then I might do a bit of a, if I didn't get my angle right, I'll just straighten the photo a little bit, um, just because I shoot generally on a slight angle as discussed, but, um, snaps it, but, and try not to touch filters or lighting or anything. Um, yeah. some of my photos you'll see, they might have that dark shadow and I tend to leave that rather than trying to lighten it and then overexpose in other areas. I agree. And sometimes I think that having a little bit of a shadow, because we get them same thing on our pictures quite regularly. I think it just adds to the picture itself too. I mean, having a nice bright white photo is great too, but I also think that having that little moody sh- bit of shadow on some of the pictures is also just as beautiful. So I think it works both ways. Definitely. Um, and sorry, which camera, I guess? Sorry, are oh, sorry, you yeah, using my iPhone? Yes. Yeah, iPhone. Yeah. Yep. That seems to be the general yeah. consensus, yep. I think, pretty much with everybody. Okay. Well, thank you so very much, Nicole, thank for you. answering our questions. Thank you very much. We'll hand it back to Lane. Gosh, you know, think about the money that's saved uh, when it comes to photography, <laughs> you know. I mean, to take really good photographs and not having to use uh, special digital cameras. I mean, you can just your, use your phones, and everybody has a phone, right? So yeah, that's encouraging to, to know. Well, these interviews I know are so helpful to gain insight to what others are doing, hearing their secrets. Uh, Nicole, you gave us a good secret there. <laughs> it's funny if you see this picture. You know that, know. That, yeah, she's working on a slant. Now, if you're doing any geometric things, it'll be interesting to see if your if your geometric uh, lines on your furniture are off. Uh, hopefully not. No, that's what's never my strong uh, suit, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're doing a phenomenal job. So it's uh, it's fun to hear that, and really just also just relating to others' processes. You know, I can I can just imagine folks out there listening, going, "Hey, that's what I do too." And I know that's that's fun to be able to relate uh, to one another. Well, great job, all of you. It's so much fun to see talent from all around the world recognized. Thank you, Jen and Amanda, for all you guys do to help promote the contest and judge. We really appreciate you both. And then we also want to thank our winners from April who also judged, helped judge May's contest. And they are Eva with Ecosterna, Heather with the Cozy Sunroom, and Jill with Back Porch Lily. And one quick final note, 
make sure you tag your stage pieces with Zebra Staging August so you can be entered into this month's contest. There is no reason. Come on now, there's no reason not to use the hashtag. <laughs> if you are a refinisher and you post your pieces staged, then this contest is for you. It's a simple opportunity to be entered into a contest, and it's really a great opportunity to get global recognition and win some zebra paintbrushes and be interviewed by Jen and Amanda. So again, thank you, everybody. Thanks for coming on, Nicole and Meg. And sorry we couldn't chat with Cornflower, but at least we got their feedback and their answers. And so thanks, everybody. And I can't say uh, go stay cool <laughs> because we've got such a diverse group of weather when you go from Nicole to those of us in the States and Canada. So just go get cozy. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys take care. Thank, Thank you. you Thank you, ladies. Thank you. This week's refinishing tip comes from Chelsea with Lumen Creative Studios. Hey there, this is Chelsea from Lumen Creative Studios in Fort Collins, Colorado. I'm really excited to be joining the podcast today for a quick furniture flipping tip. Um, this one I think is kind of funny because it's literally a flipping tip. So I like to actually flip my pieces upside down. Um, I use this specifically on things like nightstands, coffee tables, um, anything with really intricate details, um, specifically uh, feet or areas that have spindles is really helpful. Oftentimes you might get all finished with a piece and then are walking by it one day in your house and realize, oh my gosh, I missed a spot on that spindle. <laughs> and by that time, all your paint's put away and it's really a downer to realize that you've missed that. So being able to see it in the front part um, and be able to get that all taken care of is really helpful. Um, flipping it upside down allows you to have a vantage point that's actually like behind the piece or um, seeing it just from a different angle. And so I've found that, especially with spindles, I use my zebra round brush and um, always have a really good um, success with that. But I seem to always, when I'm reaching around a spindle, maybe miss a little spot on the back. So that is helpful. And my only other tip with that is to make sure that you do the top of your piece last if you do decide to do this. So something to definitely plan on in the beginning, just so you don't mess up the top finish of your piece. So thank you so much. And I hope this is helpful. Really creative tip, Chelsea. Thanks for sharing. Welcome to our question of the week segment where we ask refinishing questions that build community and give us all further insight into each other's businesses and backgrounds. Today's question is, what interesting items have you found in your furniture pieces? Hi there, this is Kristen from Kristen Leah Restoration. The most interesting thing that I found in a piece of furniture is someone's adoption record. It was at the back underneath the drawer. As soon as I realized what it was, I sent a message just saying that they had some personal documents and they came to pick it up. Thanks so much, have a great day. Hi, this is Anne Michelle from Mini Design Ashburn. And the most interesting thing I found in a furniture piece was actually a handwritten ledger on the side of drawers from a piece from the early 1900s. And on the piece, on the left-hand column was someone's name, and then on the right side, it was monetary amount. So this went on for about 20 rows or so, and I was torn between removing it or keeping it, but I ended up removing it. And now I totally regret it. <laughs> Go figure. 
Hi everybody, my name is Caitlin and my Instagram is Caitlin Beals. I have been refinishing furniture for a little under a year and I have found a wide variety of things inside my pieces. Anything from socks, gloves, you know, band-aids and a single earring to a Trader Joe's receipt. Um, so like a, a nice wide variety of sort of mundane objects. I think the most significant object I've ever found was a letter from one family member to another. It had to be like a grandma to her granddaughter or an aunt to a niece um, talking about how excited this woman was to see this girl and how they were going to bake cookies together. Um, but in the meantime, I hope this woman hoped she was having a great summer and just having a lovely time. So that was really sweet. And then in that same piece, I also found some antique photographs and an obituary. So I got in touch with the person who gave me that piece and I actually mailed those pieces back, those items back, because I thought they were significant and wanted to return them to that person. You never know what you're going to find inside your furniture. So it's, it's always fun to, to see the things you find. My name is Jess and my husband Ryan and I share all of our furniture refinishings on our Instagram account at rustanddust.diy. We typically pick up furniture from auctions and estates and the most interesting things that we have found in our furniture are old underwear, medicine, um, glasses, playing cards, a Barbie doll, a lot of random things. But the most interesting thing was when we actually bought a piece of furniture that had come from like a pallet of returns and it was a new box and we actually found a $20 bill in there with no way to trace who it went back to, but that helped us with the flip on that one. Hi, my name is Becky and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Phoenix Vintage Furniture. I've come across a lot of interesting things over the past few years of furniture refinishing. Probably the worst. Luckily, they were new in the package, but they were a pair of men's underwear that looked like they were about 30 years old back from when deep greens were really popular in the 90s. The most heartwarming thing that I found in a Jacobean buffet that I bought at a thrift store, there were some papers, man, local to my community had applied to his local Jewish matchmaking service to be matched with someone. One of my dad's favorite movies growing up was Fiddler on the Roof, so the song about matchmaking from that movie came to mind. I, maybe this was too personal, but I did a little bit of digging in to see if I could find if that little match ever went anywhere. I'll leave that part a mystery. Um, but it was lovely to see an insight into someone's life. Have a great day. Thanks for sharing, Kristen and Michelle, Caitlin, Jess, and Ryan and Becky. There seems to be a bit of a theme this time, old underwear. Just another reminder of the challenge of cleaning up old furniture. I would say it's also a reminder to make sure you wear your gloves when you do the cleaning. Our Zebra Staging Contest with Jen and Amanda, the Vintage Sisters, begins anew for the month of August. All you have to do to enter is post your pieces with the hashtag ZebraStagingAugust. 
Jen and Amanda, along with our three winners for July to be announced soon, by the way, will review the hashtag the 1st of September and choose three winners. The winners will be chosen based on the effectiveness of the staging. And this covers the quality of the piece refinished, how the pieces are staged, with the particular style of furniture presented, and last but not least, the quality of the photography. The three winners will receive a special framed award, zebra paintbrushes, and appear on our podcast. Also, the three August winners will co-judge with Jen and Amanda for September staging contest. The Zebra Review category theme for August is coffee tables. Our featured judge is Jen Talley with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture. If you have refinished a coffee table from January 1st through August 31st of 2023, simply use the hashtag ZebraCoffeeTables. Jen will pick her five favorites, then the remaining three judges, Katie with Salvage by K. Scott, Katie Cloud with Katie and Company and Home, and Lauren with Portland Row Living will vote out of Jen's selections to choose the three winners. This month's prize sponsors are Lily Moon Paint, D. Lawless Hardware, Surf Prep Sanding, and Zebra Painting. Thanks for joining us. We are grateful for each of you. All links to artists will be in this week's show notes. We can't tell you how encouraged we are when we hear from you or when we read your reviews on one of the podcast directories. Speaking of podcast directory reviews, would you consider leaving one on your favorite directory if you haven't already? This helps tremendously in our ability to reach more people as well. It is a big boost to our ranking. As a thank you for leaving a review... We would like to send you a small gift. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me, laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Put podcast review in the subject heading and include your full name and mailing address. Okay, that's it for this show. Until next time, friends, happy painting. <laughs>